Senior leadership is having a love affair with automation. Analysts like Mordor Intelligence are forecasting enterprises will gobble up RPA solutions at a compound annual growth rate of 29% from 2018 to 2026. Forrester says APEC accounts for about 17% of the global spending on RPA. And IDC, for its side, says the financial services industry will spend about $271 million in 2024 on RPA alone. All the analysis is concluding that the pandemic is good for the automation movement. In this podcast for future CIO, we speak to Sakir Ahmed, Senior Vice President and General Manager for Asia Pacific and Japan at COFAX, who will share his observations and opinion on process automation and how we are adopting the solution in the ASEAN region. Sakir, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Good morning, Alan. Thank you for having me. The path to process automation started long before COVID-19. What is different about the process automation landscape in 2020? Yeah, I'm glad you asked, Alan. Um, Look, I'll start off and talk about a couple of key statistics that we see in the market in terms of process automation, RPA. This market is growing at an exponential rate. It's growing at um, at about 39% in 2020 to 1.9 billion. It's one of the fastest growing segments in the enterprise software market space. What has changed and what is different about process automation to your question? What we're seeing the trend in the evolution, Alan, is customers and businesses are now turning to technology to be able to help mitigate the risk of all of the impact that they felt with the pandemic and everything else that the business has had to shift to over the last 18 months. RPA is an important component of that. It's helping organizations and companies adapt to this new reality of being able to automate their businesses using a tool that provides them the ability to be not only for business continuity, but to be able to expand, get to customer success, as well as develop new products and be able to come up with new innovative ideas to be able to launch that. So what's different is we're seeing this shift in the market. It has been around for some time, but now it's been accelerated with the pandemic. Now, beyond this acceleration, how is it evolving as a technology or platform in 2021? So as I mentioned, in 2020, we saw great growth in the RPA space. What we're seeing in 2021 is even a further acceleration of digital transformation that companies are going through. Companies no longer use this as a luxury or a nice to have. It's a must have. And enterprises or organizations need this change. RPA as a solution has evolved as well. So we are no longer just automating tasks. We're going beyond that. We're using technologies like artificial intelligence, OCR, the optical character recognition, process orchestration, machine learning that companies are now looking at, which is why we're seeing this huge shift in companies not just focused on RPA technology to help them with process automation as a standalone offering, but to be able to provide this integrated solution. Is process automation the same for all industry sectors, including government? And if you could, where are they the same and where are they different? Yeah, look, I think the important thing when we talk about different industries and how process automation can help them is to understand what is the underlying need, what is the underlying reason why companies need this. So anytime that you look at an industry, whether it's in government, whether it's in manufacturing, whether it's in financial services, insurance, or whatever other industry you look at services, if you have a high volume of tasks, tedious, repetitive tasks that you are performing, time-consuming tasks, you need these pre-built 
real processes. RPA capabilities allow you to be able to remove or replicate these complex human interactions and these activities that you've, I'll give you a couple examples. So if you have a lot of open emails and attachments, if you've got forms, if you've got connected systems using application protocol interfaces, APIs, or if you've got structured and unstructured data, semi-structured data that you need streamlined along the same lines of, you know, logging into multiple applications and so on and so forth, or being able to integrate into some of your backend systems like an ERP system or even a front-end system like a CRM system. It depends from industry to industry, but anytime you see a lot of these processes and a lot of these tasks that need to be performed, that's when process automation comes into play. So it's agnostic of industry. It's more a symptom of what are the challenges in organization or what is the day-to-day problems that you're looking to solve that will dictate on how important or how key process automation is in your success going forward. If we look at this from a functional perspective within uh, organizations, have the priorities for process automation changed significantly in the past couple of years? I would say the priorities have changed from a perspective of ensuring that you are solving real business needs and real business problems. Alan, if you look at the RPA, the requirements or the RPA technology from a couple of years ago, a lot of the projects were being done, which were nice to have, as I mentioned earlier, these were not crucial or mission critical for the organizations. So RPA technologies can help you leapfrog when you incorporate a lot of the other technologies with it, not in a standalone and autonomous fashion. So with AI cognitive technologies by machine learning, by taking a lot of these technologies for specific use cases and using this automation, you are able to get to the end result or the end goal that an organization is looking to, which is digital transformation. So typically what we see, the transformation for RPA has happened when it's in addition to things like natural language processing or NLP, which ultimately leads to a better, improved, enhanced customer success or support. If you look at other areas like analytics or analysis, predictive analysis combined with RPA, it will lead to safe financial transactions. That's example in a certain industries. You know, if you're looking at better customer experience in industries such as retail, then you can combine RPA with, let's say, chatbots. So again, the evolution and the the requirement of RPA depends from industry to industry. It becomes absolutely critical and pivotal in your success. Looking at it from the CIO's perspective, why should the CIO care about process automation? And I'd like you to look at it from two perspectives. One is uh, internal to the IT organization and externally to the constituents of the entire organization. In my view, the CIO's role has also fundamentally changed. Yes, it's an absolutely crucial role, but what CIOs care more about is their business users, their end customers being the internal stakeholders. So what RPA or process orchestration or process automation has done, Alan, is from a CIO's perspective, they have had to take many of these requirements from the businesses and be able to dictate or drive a lot of these projects that ultimately 
enable them to be able to reduce costs in the organization for the organization or the business to remain competitive, but at the same time, be able to do their resource allocation in a way where they're putting the resources in the right place instead of having these big, long projects, which are time consuming. They are doing smaller projects, which are bringing more value to the organization. So that's the first thing I would mention. The core values or the important thing to look at from an RPA's perspective is the ability to be able to remove or to be able to streamline these repetitive tasks, which are currently being performed by human workers. So from a CIO's perspective, a lot of this can be streamlined and you can use technology to be able to use tools, whether these are BPM tools or the RPA tools or the OCR tools, or even the artificial intelligence tools that we talked about, like machine learning and language, natural language processing. They can use all of these to create an intelligence automation framework or architecture that ultimately leads to a digital workforce or a workforce that they can uh, take into the future. That's the role of the CIO that we see from an internal perspective. From an external perspective, the customer expectations, the customer experience has also evolved, especially now that we're working in a remote environment. We don't get to see face-to-face. We don't get to meet with our customers and our stakeholders on a daily basis. So they have had to open up new channels. New services have to become available because the whole customer experience is among, I would say, probably one of the top five challenges that are facing companies today. Let me talk to you a little bit about a survey that was conducted by Accenture and HFC Research. What it showed is that two of the top five drivers that impact business strategy directly relate to customer experience. So this is a very important part of the external piece that the CIO is also looking at. So combined with those things, the customer experience becomes absolutely critical and pivotal to the ongoing success of an organization. And that's, I believe, the top of mind things that a progressive CIO would be looking at, both from an internal and external perspective as far as process automation is concerned. In an enterprise that's just beginning to embark on a process automation journey, where should they start? That's one. Who should lead it? How do they ensure that it stays on course? And can they make course changes along the way? The first thing that we will tell organizations is don't boil the ocean. And what we mean by that is don't try and solve all of your company's process automation or digital transformation goals in trying to do it in one large big project. You've got to be able to show small successes and you've got to be able to show small wins and get your adoption and your buy-in from the key people in the organization for this to be successful. So going back to your question, what we typically find is most RPA projects are led by the business. However, if the pilot is going to scale into a full-fledged program into something that's going to be a success, you need IT, you need the CIO behind that. And that's a very critical thing. It's either the CIO's role becomes even more important as a stakeholder in all of this. The conversations that we need to have internally and how you start with this is a very close working relationship and a collaboration that needs to happen between the business and the business problems that you need to solve and the IT department being able to employ the right tools and the right RPA technology to be able to specifically address and determine where these shortfalls are and what the where the end goals of the business is. So how, you, how do you determine that? You know, you do it by picking the right use cases. You maintain the right network security within the confines of, uh, you know, whatever the framework within your organization is. You get the executive buy-in and the change management at the executive level. And then you start with solving one problem. And once you get buy-in, then you scale and expand from there. So from our perspective, it's not whether IT 
or CIO should lead it or the business should lead it. It's typically a very strong CIO uh, having an influence on the project, working in collaboration with business to be able to understand who the key stakeholders are and what that collaboration needs to be come from a business solving or business problem point of view. If you can marry those two together, you've got a recipe for success. There may be cases where a wrong choice of solution is made, right? So that that happens. It's uh, part of life. What's the usual approach to correct the mistakes and to move forward? Change management is a very important component of any successful software implementation, especially in digital transformation and process automation, because your business it needs to be adaptable, Alan. What we are going through right now in a COVID environment, in the pandemic, and with all the change that we've seen over the last two years is businesses are not going to remain static. You have to adapt very, very quickly. So you are absolutely right. You cannot stay the course if you decide a way you're going to move forward. And I'm not saying it should be a moving target every day. But what you need to do is to be able to have the right mechanisms and the right structure in place. What I mean by that is having milestones, having a steering committee, having a mechanism to be able to make sure the project is on track. And if there are ways and areas where you need to adapt or you need to change course, that you do that proactively as opposed to that becoming a problem. With the skill set that you've got within your organization, with the change management and the organizational practices that may or may not be perfect, digital transformation will simply magnify these flaws if you don't have the right mechanism in place and you embark on these projects without having the right course correction. So in a nutshell, what I would say is to make digital transformation successful and to make it effective, we must evolve through this transformation, this center of escalating human connections through digital um, technologies. And that's what we see successful companies do. And that's what we talk to them when they come to us and talk to us about how to make these projects successful. What is that one advice that you would give to the C-suite leadership and the board about process automation? Sure. So I think there's many, but if I, there was one thing that I would say that we talk to organizations about every day is technology is only as good as the appetite of an organization to bring about the change and to have clarity in terms of making sure that they know ultimately the goals and the KPIs that they want to manage their business to. So if, if I expand on that, what I'm basically stating is we get a lot of organizations that come to us, even at the C-level, suite, we have conversations with organizations that say, we want to go through this process automation journey, but they are not clear or they don't seek help and they don't want to have a clear goal on what the outcome is going to be. So that outcome needs to be very, very clear from the get-go on where you want to take that your organization from a process automation journey perspective, what the end goal and the end result should look like. You need to have the executive buy-in coming in from, from all the way to the CEO level. So all of the C-suite, I mentioned the role of the CIO, the role of the CFO is also an important role and the other C-suite who are the business stakeholders. And like I said, last but not least, least we have the appetite for change management because this is a evolving process. If an organization can focus on those couple of areas, the chances of them being successful is much higher than going into a project without having these criteria defined. Sakir, thank you for joining me on Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you very much, Alan. Thanks again for having me. That was Sakir Ahmed, Senior Vice President and General Manager for Asia Pacific and Japan at COFAX on the topic of modernizing process automation in the ASEAN region. 
You are listening into PodChats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of PodChats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of PodChats for Future CIO. Bye for now. Music